Welcome to Sustainable Business Fridays. I'm your host, Katie Elman. Sustainable Business Fridays is the first podcast of its kind, bringing together students in Bard College's MBA in Sustainability program with leaders in business, sustainability, finance, not-for-profits, social entrepreneurship, and more. Twice monthly, these conversations go live via iTunes and Google Play. This week, I'm joined by first-year Bard MBA student Ezra El Shafi, and we're speaking with Fereshte Foro, founder and CEO of Code to Inspire. Thank you so much for speaking with us today, Fereshte, and I want to also say congrats to the first class of girls that graduated this past month. Thank you very much for having me. You know, most importantly, Fereshte, I want to know, you know, for you to tell us about your background, and what really inspired you to start your nonprofit, Code to Inspire? Sure. So giving you a little bit of a background of myself, I was born as a refugee in Iran during the Soviet invasion to Afghanistan. So my parents migrated there, and I got my high school degree in Iran. Uh, In 2002, one year after the Taliban regime collapsed, we moved to Herat, Afghanistan. It's the city that I come from. And I got my bachelor in computer science in Afghanistan. I went to Germany and I got my master's in computer science from Technical University of Berlin. And then I went back to Afghanistan and I taught as a computer science professor for three years. So... um, Definitely, there are a lot of issues that um, during my life uh, made me and inspired me to think about establishing Code to Inspire as the very first coding school for girls in Afghanistan. I think one aspect is being born as a refugee. I face a lot of challenges, especially being deprived um, to access education, which I think this is definitely one of the very main and basic human rights. So. That definitely made me to think about how I can help um, everyone, especially the girls in Afghanistan, to access education. And the second uh, thing for me, being a female student and also a teacher, um, certainly in technical field, um, you face a lot of challenges. Uh, there are cultural barriers for women, um, that they're not socially active, certainly in a field of study like computer science that needs more uh, practices and group work and activities, uh, lack of a safe space for girls to go for extra studying and also networking and um, just like have social activities, certainly one aspect that uh, made women not to really communicate with each other. And also, um, not a lot of families also can afford extracurricular activities for the girls. Uh, So if they want to pursue something and they want to go and take further classes, they're not able to do that because a lot of family can't pay for that. So these reasons, and definitely uh, women in working spaces, um, there are a lot of uh, challenges and less opportunities for women, especially in technical aspects in Afghanistan. So these reasons made me to think about establishing Code to Inspire as a place that is very safe for the girls to come and get education but also think about how they can create their own um, portfolio and resume that they can start working online. That's excellent. Thank you. Really excellent. And, you know, being the first coding school for girls in Afghanistan, and you also coming from 
you know, a tech background and your studies being in the tech field, you know, what will coding enable and empower, you know, the girls and women of Afghanistan to do, you know, going through this program? So if I want to first give you a little bit of some numbers about the situation of women before Taliban and then after Taliban. So during the Taliban regime, there were only 900,000 students going to school with zero participation of girls. That was the same as the workforce. So there were zero percent of women being involved in workspace. And at this moment, there's only 16% of female labor participation in Afghanistan. And 68% of women in Afghanistan lack formal education or they're illiterate. So there's certainly a lot of barriers, first of all, for women facing to access basic education and also accessing the uh, workforce. But right now, if we look at Afghanistan and during this 15 years after the Taliban collapsed, uh, we made a lot of improvements. For example, one improvement is that uh, at this moment, there are around 9 million students going to school every day, that out of them, 4.2 million of them are girls. So you see that there is a huge progress, especially for women's education um, in Afghanistan. Afghanistan population is almost 31 million, and um, around 85% of people in Afghanistan access phones. So that's uh, a huge accomplishment for uh, people and, and for the country, uh, definitely in case of accessing um, technology as well. There are certainly a lot of um, opportunities and situations that you can make it a better situation for women. So how coding can enable women in Afghanistan? Um, I think personally, uh, coding is like a language. So you use the languages to communicate with each other. So coding can be a language and a tool that not only you use it for communication, but also it can empower you and help you to be more creative and innovative. So one aspect is creativity and innovation. The other aspect is that there are a lot of challenges that can be solved with coding. For example, one aspect is to overcome travel and social restrictions that women are facing. As an example, a lot of families won't let their daughters to travel alone by themselves going to other cities for finding a job because, first of all, it's not part of our culture uh, to go and live in other cities by yourself. And also, uh, there would be a threat of Taliban underground. So technically, women are very limited on their uh, hometown and mobility is a big issue. So imagine you know how to code. So with only having an access to internet and having a computer, so you're going to tackle the issue of travel and social restrictions with coding, but also uh, you don't need to uh, technically leave your house. If you have a computer and internet connections, you can do a lot of work at home so you have access to a safe space that a lot of families are concerning about um, their daughters. And also one aspect is certainly once the girls are uh, bringing income to the family through coding and be financially independent, um, they also can be act as a breadwinner of the family. So it also helps them to be part of a decision-making process of the community too. Thank you. Yeah, that's really amazing. And, you know, since you had shared some of those statistics that although today, you know, out of the 9 million students in school, 40% are girls. How do you still deal with some of that pushback 
of women in education in Afghanistan? And how did you also, you know, face those challenges yourself? Well, definitely when you talk about education, it's a very sensitive topic and women's empowerment in Afghanistan because there is still a lot of uh, people who are extremists or who are just against women's education because they see it as a threat but not as a way to help the community. So um, there, I, I think certainly there are different aspects that uh, you have to consider, especially in countries like Afghanistan, that it's very traditional, male-dominated, and it's still uh, women are facing a lot of uh, barriers, especially in um, education sector. So to establish a credible and trustworthy relationship with parents and community, it's a very important factor because once you have the support of the parents and the community, they will actually become your advocate and help you to grow your cause. So uh, for us, what we did, we, we tried to really involve the parents of the girls, um, send a thank you letter to them once the girl is doing great in the school, and um, appreciation letter, and just like engage them. If we see that their student uh, is absent today, we just call to the parents and let them know um, that um, the student is absent So and ask them what was the reason. So we try to really be engaged with the families, and uh, we actually could establish a very good relationship with them. So they can be your advocate and your support, which is very important. Um, and I think the other way that you can kind of like, if you if you face pushback, um, for example, we face a lot of people who post on their social media, as an example, Facebook, some comments uh, that they were thinking um, it's it's not necessary for women to learn coding. That's something useless, or uh, why women should learn code. So. Um, we try to change people's mind through recognition. So what we try to do is that not only we try to teach our girls certain skills, but also we want to bring a social impact to the community. So by helping the girls to learn that skills and then they go and find a specific problems in the community and come up with a mobile applications or any solutions that can solve that, it actually um, tell people that how it's important that you provide the same opportunity for women so that they can go and give back to the community. So I think uh, if people are kind of um, against what you do, you have to kind of show them a positive story or positive side of what you do and engage them so that they understand the value of uh, what this program can bring, not only for the girls but also for the community. You know, and from your personal perspective and through your experience, you know, how does one, you know, take those social aspects and balance, you know, their culture and education in that environment? And is there a balance? Yes, um, definitely you should consider a lot of aspects when you are trying to push this uh, concept of women's empowerment, education, the girls got to be financially independent because, again, talking about Afghanistan as a traditional country, um, not a lot of people are going to be happy about that issue. But uh, what we try to do with Code to Inspire is that we try to keep the balance between the technology and education and also the families and the concerns that they have. So by providing the safe and secure environment and only for girls the space, 
we want to uh, make parents feel comfortable when they were sending their daughters to our coding school. So by having this safe space, not only the family feels good about this, but also when the girls are coming, they won't face any kind of um, harassment or any issues that they were facing outside. So they just come and join um, this environment that not only they learn, but they can feel uh, more uh, relaxed and engaged. Um, and as I said, we really try to establish a good relationship with families. So we had actually uh, father and brothers of the students who came and checked our coding school because they just wanted to know what is this about and when their daughters or sisters are coming, what are they doing. So um, again, father and brothers in a, in a, in a traditional um, society like Afghanistan are the, are the decision maker person in the family. So once they're happy with what you do, they actually can be your advocate and support. So we had um, uh, people and families that they send us thank you letters and they actually started to be our advocate and um, spreading the word and engaging the relatives and neighbors. And um, I think the one other aspect, which is the most important aspect, is uh, the role of women in in the house. So in a traditional community, they just expect women to be um, doing the normal household work uh, and take care of the children. Once they notice that the women can be a breadwinner into the family and also they share the income, so uh, they actually encourage them to, to continue the education to join the workforce. So it also leads to less violence against women. And I think also, you know, it's really important you know, not just for women in Afghanistan, but, you know, in Central Asia, the Middle East, and the world. You know, what do you think is most important or, or necessary for a more sustainable environment of success when there are, you know, variable barriers to women, you know, whether it be gender inequalities and access? So for women as a whole. Definitely um, one aspect is that women um, should support each other. So uh, creating a network of women professionals that can be a role model for other girls in younger age uh, can actually help a lot. So, uh, for example, in Afghanistan at this moment, if I want to give you an example, there are not a lot of role models for the girls, especially in case of technology and STEM. So once you create that kind of like a ecosystem of uh, educating the girls, they became independent, then they become a role model for the next generation. So it's become a cycle and a loop that uh, it will repeat. Um, so definitely creating like a community of women that can support each other, create job opportunities for each other, and help each other to be mentor for each other and, um, and just mentor each other. I think that's definitely one aspect that can help a lot of women to, uh, to achieve a sustainable way of developing the business and um, making uh, revenue and help other women to be empowered too. I agree. <laughs> and, you know, where do you see your vision for Code to Inspire in the future? So if you had to look maybe 10 or even 15 years out, where do you see your vision for Code to Inspire? So if I want to see Code to Inspire uh, a very near future, like a three to five years, 
uh, we certainly would love to expand our coding school in other cities in Afghanistan. So currently we are located in Herat, but um, definitely we want to expand to other cities like Kabul, Mazar Sharif, and any other cities in Afghanistan that has the infrastructure to support these programs. And also create a strong professional network of women in IT that they can support each other and uh, just help each other. Uh, but very longer vision. Um, I definitely would love to uh, replicate the model to Middle East, Africa, and the countries that have the same issues for women accessing education and technology, and just um, create a code to inspire and, and help them to use this um, opportunity to help each other and create like a, a more like a worldwide network of women who support. That would be amazing. And you know, through your experience of you know starting and founding a nonprofit, you know, what advice would you give to my peers and other MBA students and colleagues when entering or starting a nonprofit, you know, abroad? Well, establishing a non-for-profit, it's not an easy work because um, it's 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 obvious it's not for profit. So uh, it's not like when you make a business and you expect to have. A certain income or revenue. The non-for-profit is more about how you can change and transform people's lives and make an impact. So um, it's very difficult, um, especially in case of fundraising and being uh, financially sustainable uh, to keep your program running. But I can tell that um, from my experience, I just started uh, from 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 very zero. I didn't know anyone in the space, and I was it was just an idea, and I was writing it on a paper. Uh, but then, uh, when I really felt that that's the time for me to really go after what I really want and go after my dream, I just started, and I didn't wait. So I think what I can tell um, and share is that don't wait for opportunities, but create them. Uh, and when you feel that you want to do something, just just go after that and don't wait because if you wait, you will be regretted why I didn't start it sooner. So there, there, you will face a lot of challenges. You will face a lot of um, um, issues, but I think all of them are great tools because they will teach you and they're good lessons. So uh, once you are starting, you also are in a learning process. So that that's just amazing. Uh, to me, uh, and when I look back one year ago and I compare myself um, now, uh, I certainly learned a lot uh, by working with people and just growing um, this not-for-profit. Thank you. And I know you spoke a little bit about this before, but I'm just curious, you know, maybe who some of your role models were. Um, you're definitely one of mine, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so if you That's very kind of you. <laughs> so if you could share maybe some of, you know, your role models and maybe people you looked up to when, you know, starting your not-for-profit and, you know, going through your experiences. Um, for me, the role model, the first one definitely is my mom because um, I remember as a kid when we were in Iran as a refugee, uh, my parents left everything in Afghanistan and they just went with um, one suitcase. So my mom learned how to stitch and create clothes to sell them. 
and by selling them, she could bring income to the family. We were eight kids in the family, so it was difficult to finance. And by that small business that she started with other women, she could uh, buy school supplies for us and send us to the school. So I learned how to be a good entrepreneur from her and learn how I can use the best out of the list that I have. So certainly my mom is my inspiration. And besides that, I mean, I'm very interested into literature, so I studied a lot. And I like Rumi, who is a very well-known um, Persian poet. And um, I found a lot of uh, wisdom and a lot of inspirational things in his um, poems. Um, so I definitely, um, this is also, he's also like one of my inspirations. And I think finally, what's most important is, you know, how can one get involved with Code to Inspire and how can we support, um, you know, my peers and colleagues, uh, support your not-for-profit? Sure. So uh, feel free to check our website, codetoinspire.org. Um, you'll, you'll see um, some information about our work and uh, feel free to share it with your friends, share it in your social media and raise more awareness. So be our goodwill ambassador and share our story with people because one aspect is we try to show a positive story about Afghanistan and the stories that not a lot of people heard about it. Um, the second is we are certainly as a not-for-profit are looking for support and help. So if um, if they feel that they would like to help us in any way, um, feel free to email us at info at co2inspire.org. As a young not-for-profit, we are certainly looking for volunteers, so feel free to send us an email if you're interested to uh, help us in any way that uh, you're interested to info at codetoinspire.org. Thank you so, so much, Vereste, for speaking with me today. I really do appreciate it. And I can also go off that sentiment and say, you know, I when I got the chance to meet you and reach out to you, um, you know, Code to Inspire and everything that you've done is so inspiring and how far it's come. Your first graduating class, you know, recently. So congrats again. And yeah, I think it's really important to share the story and, you know, just to get everyone involved and let everyone hear about it. It's really great. Thank you so, so much. Well, thank you very much for having me um, and thanks for your support. I hope that um, I could just share a positive story and show another good face of Afghanistan to your audience. I think what you're doing is so important and I hope that it actually inspires people to get involved and to do similar work that they feel that they can do in their own communities. Um, and your statement about not letting your idea or your passion go too long without actually trying to implement it, I think is the sagest advice I've ever heard um, uh, for students or for anyone that wants to create a change or create a business um, in the places they live or in the fields that they're passionate about. Um, I do have one question. Um, if you could talk a little bit about a, some of your, you know the goals so you have your you just had your first graduating class you know where do you see um the organization going or how do you see it growing you know in the next year 
or in the next few years? Like, what are some milestones, if you have any, that you would like to see um, hit? So for a short-term goal for 2017, right now we do have 50 female students in our coding school. So our goal for 2017 is to enroll another group of 50 female students in Herod and expand our existing coding school there. But um, within two to three years, we would love to open another coding school either in Malzar or Kabul, which again, we want to enroll 50 to 100 female students per year to uh, expand and increase the number of girls in technology and coding space. I don't have any additional questions, except I just would like to express gratitude to you for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank and you Thanks for having me. Oh, it's, it's been my pleasure. And Ezra, I thank you so much for bringing uh, Faresh Day to the program. Um, so Yeah, thank you. I love talking to her. <laughs> so can you tell me why you wanted to interview her today? Yeah, sure. So I actually um, saw an article about Faresh Day a couple of years ago, and I wanted to get involved in her uh, organization, Coach Inspired because it did align, uh, you know, with some of my values and things that I'm really passionate about. And she was really awesome when I did reach out to her and we got to meet up and talk. And, you know, I always like to try and volunteer anytime I have or anything that I can volunteer to help Code to Inspire any way that I can. And, of course, just, you know, spread the story. Like she said, it's probably one of the most important things is just, you know, showing how, uh, you know, Afghanistan and, and Code to Inspire in a positive light, that there is positive things um, that are happening for girls and women in Afghanistan. So I just really think it's amazing what she's done so far, and I can't wait to see where else it goes. So it's really awesome. It's really great to be able to know someone like her. To learn more about Code to Inspire and how you can support them or get involved, visit code to inspire.org join us for the next sustainable business fridays where we'll be joined by alan savory founder and president of the savory institute bard mba in sustainability lead the change learn more at bard.edu